0: Making history his story, Derek Izzy. You're listening to the Derek Izzy Show. Welcome back for another month, as I promised. This month's topic would be about a massacre, a massacre that occurred. In the United States. A site was discovered. But before I get into that. The year is now 2021. The Derek Izzy Show. Celebrating another year in business. The podcast was originally started. In 2014. Still pulling headstrong thanks to all the listeners. Who have contributed to the show. Liked it. Shared it. Told your friends and family about it. And have visited our sponsors. The content of the show is all free, but the way we keep the lights on is when you, the listeners, participate by using the Derek Izzy Show discounts. This month is brought to you by Blue Apron. If you'd like to get your $60 off your first month's order, just go to the Blue Apron link in the show notes or on DerekIzzy.com. All of our sponsors appear on DerekIzzy.com, and that's how you can help out the show. Blue Apron has been a longtime sponsor of the show. They provide excellent products. They send you all the ingredients you need to make gourmet, restaurant-quality food. Everything is pre-measured. All you have to do is follow the pictures and step-by-step instructions to put it together yourself. They've got meals for every type of food allergy or food preference. Use that link on DerekIzzy.com. Get your $60 off your first month's order. Way up north in the state of Alaska, a site was discovered. 28 bodies lay decaying in the ground. The massacre of this small village would remain a mystery. The archaeological dig that resulted in the discovery of these 28 bodies would show the majority of them were women, children, and elderly men. They were all part of a village in Alaska. Most of the skulls had spear wounds to the back of the head. By all accounts, this was a vicious massacre that occurred 350 years ago. Legend has it, this was all part of an ongoing war started by an eye-poking incident. An eye-poking incident led to... What the hell? What does that mean? In the state of Alaska, before the United States purchased it from Russia, we have the Bristol Bay, the Bering Sea, Yukon River. There were many tribes that inhabited the Alaskan territory. Bringing you the story directly from Caroline Funk's research paper published by Duke University. This is the story that started a war and led to a massacre. Once upon a time, a man was working on a kayak. Another man was helping him. Their two sons were playing darts in the yard. One of the boys threw his dart toward the other boy, and it accidentally hit him in the eye, blinding him. In one eye, his eye allegedly came out. The man working on the kayak got up to examine the eye of his son. The fathers agreed the only solution was to poke out the eye of the other father's son. Going back to the biblical rules an eye for an eye, quite literally. But the father of the first boy was more outraged he decided to poke out both eyes of the other man's son. The two men got into a fight. That fight soon spread to their family members. That fight amongst family members soon spread to friends and across the village. It created a war. There was a camp nearby where a man and his family resided. Earlier, the man's wife told him not to go to the village, but he went to the village for something he had to take part in. He had to take part in this fight. The weather was clear that day. The woman came out of her sod house. She saw a mist above the village. She went back into her sod house and told the children something was wrong with the village. The mist was a steam from the blood of all the people. A man was seen crawling away. He may have been the only one left. He had a big hole in his stomach. The man crawled away with his intestines hanging out. His intestines would come out, but when they got too long, the man would put them back in his stomach and keep crawling. The woman at the nearby camp saw a man approaching, but he wasn't standing up. He was crawling. She kept going out to look now and again. She didn't mind the man thinking it was her husband approaching. When he got closer, she saw that he was not wearing the parka of her husband and that it was a different man. She went in her sod house and gave her children dried salmon roe. These eggs, they stick on the teeth when chewed. They get stuck on the teeth and the children had to pull them out. That's what kept them quiet. The woman figured that the children would still be chewing while the man gets to their sod house. She did this so the children would not make a noise. While the children were eating, the man arrived at the sod house and the woman was peeking out. And when the man became visible in the entrance... She placed her cutting board over the entrance and sat on it. The children were very quiet as they chewed the dried fish eggs. She could hear the man hitting the blocked entrance with his knife. He was poking the board. When the man outside became quiet, she went outside and followed the trail of blood and found the dead man who had been dragging his intestines. The woman was ready to fight when she walked over to the man, knowing he was very weak But when she took a close look, the man was already dead. The man had come to kill the lady, but never made it. This is the story that has been passed down over generations as an oral history. Tribes of the day have elders who swear by this story as the truth and the cause of this war from 350 years ago. Another source of oral history that Caroline Funk brings up in her Duke University Press paper, is that there might have been a murdering son-in-law. Now, back in these days, oral history was all they really had. Yes, they did have primitive drawings that accounted for some of the events, but the majority of communication was passed down orally. The elders, being the experts in the history of the area, would pass that knowledge down to their children, who would then pass that down to their children. This was another piece of oral history that allegedly led up to that massacre. It goes on to say, The war actually started because a man from upriver was killing hunters for their catch. A man from Pastelik met a Hooper Bay lady and settled in Hooper Bay. During seal hunting, the person who went with him never came back. One spring, the people were hunting seal, You can fit almost the whole seal in the kayak. One man didn't catch any seal. He put a blade on his paddle. He would sharpen his oar as sharp as a blade. When others had a seal, he would go over to them and rip the bottom of the kayak. He let the people drown and claimed the seal. At one time, he had a partner and he was going out seal hunting. That partner was cautious about going with him. They were going back to where they left the shore, and his partner kept his distance from him. Every time they'd come together, he'd move away. At one point, when they were close enough, the guy from the north slid his paddle underneath his partner's kayak. When he tried that, the partner found out that the son-in-law had a cutting edge on the tip of his paddle. Once a seal is in a kayak... Its hair is marked with the impressions of the kayak ribs. This guy was always coming home with a big seal. They started looking at his catch. When they looked at the hair on the seal this man brought in, they knew. It had two different kayak marks. They knew. The Hooper Bears kept quiet. Some people wanted to kill him quietly. Instead, they waited until early spring when he was making a new kayak. The man made his frame and got the seal skin and was ready to put it on. People worked together to get it on. One old man told the younger men to help put the seal skin covering on. The first time they put the skin on all the way, pushing the seal skin into a tight fit around the frame. On second stretch of the skin, the frame of the kayak was cracking. The third time, that's when they demolished the kayak. The guy was suspecting something. That third time, they just rolled the whole kayak up and over. He just walked out. He left. He talked to his wife and said the people wouldn't let him live. So he got his hunting gear and left the village to go up the Yukon. The Pastelik man ran north, probably home. The man went back to his home village and told a different story. He said the others were coming for war. He told the people the area was rich in skins to start the war. When they heard this, the Yukoners tried to be the first for war. The first and worst of the attacks was about to begin. Whether or not these stories are true, I leave that to your judgment. Many researchers have taken on this topic, and it looks like, in reality, while maybe some of these events actually happened, the most likely cause of this massacre was simply just conflicts between the tribes over resources like food. There's evidence to show the tribes battled frequently over territory. They were hunters, and they would hunt in a certain part of Alaska and then migrate and expand to other areas where they would have conflicts with other tribes. War would break out, and the tribes would anticipate the attack of other tribes. This massacre of 28 people appears to be a group of people that would have been left behind when the warriors of their tribe went out seeking to attack another area. While we may never know what actually started this fight, we have been able to recover over 60 artifacts from the old village, for the warriors of that time were quite brutal. It was common in those times to spear somebody in the back of the head, to chop off limbs, Most of the conquered tribes at the time would either be killed off or enslaved. The massacre would be known as a result of the Bow and Arrows War. The Bow and Arrows War was a legendary conflict that lasted from the mid-1600s until the 1800s. It looks like the only thing that brought an end to this Bow and Arrow War was the Russians stepping over into Alaska. The Russians had powerful weapons of the time and advanced technology that the warriors of the tribes just could not compete with. As the Russians moved in, the bow and arrow wars would come to an end. While we may not know what actually started the bow and arrow wars, we do know that back in those days, people were primitive and war was brutal. The society we live in today would be shocked at some of the events that occurred during those times, because that was just normal behavior. When one tribe conquered another, you took their people. You murdered their people. You destroyed their village. We do like to think that in war there are some standards that are held, like allowing the women and children to be free. But many of the warring tribes in that area did not hold up that value. Because if you let the women and children live... They can continue to multiply and eventually rise up against you. If you take them in or murder them, then you maintain control over them. Now, over 300 years later, the legend of the bow and arrow wars and the two boys, one throwing a dart into the eye of the other, lives on. This was a very interesting and not very well-researched topic. There's a lot of research on it, but there's very little confirmed conclusions while you can't really rely on oral history passed down over hundreds of years the science we have today has been able to tell us some things but not everything one thing we do know is that 28 people died in a vicious massacre in alaska over 300 years ago because now you know the rest of the story Thank you for listening. Tell your friends, tell your family. Go visit Derek Take advantage of the Derek Izzy Show discounts. Go to Blue Apron. Get your $60 off your first month's order. Stay tuned for February as we get into another topic here on the Derek Izzy Show, making history his story. Good day.